Let me welcome you here to Big Valley Grace. Welcome to all of you that are watching online. If you have your Bibles, why don't you take it and turn to Matthew chapter 10. Okay, Matthew chapter 10. If you uh, don't have a Bible here tonight, all the verses will be inside your program. They'll come up on the jumbotrons. We want you to see the Word of God for yourself. And uh, if you don't own a copy of the Bible, all you have to do is go into the altar room when we're done, and we'd love to give you a, a Bible. We give out thousands and thousands of Bibles here at Big Valley Grace. Every weekend, we, we give them, make them available. You could come down here if you're watching online. You could come down to the church on Monday, Tuesday, or whatever, and ask for a Bible, and we'll put one in your hands. Uh, we want you to uh, read the Word of God for yourself. I think, uh, and I say this all the time, the most powerful moment in our uh, parent-child dedication is when the elders of the church, the pastors, our parenting team members kind of lean forward and kind of behind them comes the most important thing that we can give them, and that is the Word of God. There's nothing more important than we're going to do as a church than point people to the, the, the Word of God. Well, if you're visiting with us, we're in a, a series here called a Greater, Overcoming the, the Lesser Life, and I want to begin by uh, sharing what has become our theme verse, okay? And so you just keep your finger in there at Matthew chapter 10. Jesus said this, Jesus said, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy and a question you might have is, well, well who, who's the, the, the thief? Who's Jesus talking about? And in its context, he's talking about false teachers. That there are false teachers out there, and what they want to do is just steal, kill, and destroy all the good things that God has for you. Now, the thing that we know about false teachers is that they are energized by the enemy. They're energized by the demonic. So I think it's okay to say that it, it's the enemy's goal for your life to just mess you up. All the enemy wants to do is goof up all of these families. All the enemy wants to do is goof up your marriage, your families. That's all. That's it. That's their goal according to what Jesus says right here. But then Jesus said, my purpose is to give them, talking about you, a rich and satisfying life. That's what Jesus said. He said, the thief just wants to mess up your life. And some of you might be able to come up and give testimony as to how the thief messed up your life. How the thief messed up your family. How he messed up your business. You see, he's good at what he does. He's got his PhD in messing things up. But Jesus says, I've got a different purpose. I've come to give you a rich and satisfying life. Now, let me do a, a quick review of what we've discussed over the past three weeks, okay? The first week, three weeks ago, I shared with you seven things that'll rob you of this life that Jesus came 
to give you. Number one, if you don't know what God's will is for your life, you'll settle for the lesser life. If you don't know what God's will is, I guarantee you, you'll settle for the lesser life. That's why it's important to know what God's will is. It's important to read the scriptures. It's important to study the word of God. It's important to meditate on the word of God. It's important to get involved in men's ministries, women's ministries, make a commitment to be in church where the word of God is preached. Number two, if your schedule is all out of whack, you'll settle for the lesser life. Number three, if you're, if you're not doing life with others, you'll settle for the lesser life. God wants his people to be in relationship with, with others. That's why we have this thing called the church. All of God's called out people come together like they did tonight and we sing all these songs to God and about God. We, we pray to God. We, we bring our gifts to God. We, we hear his word proclaimed. These are all important things in the life of a believer. Number four, if you don't have peace in your relationships, you'll settle for the lesser life. Number five, if you don't take time to examine your life, you'll settle for the lesser life. If there's not a, a moment, maybe like weekly, in a church gathering like this on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning or whatever it might be, where you just kind of stop and you say, this is not about work, it's not about family, this is about me and my creator. And God, I, I need you to examine my life. I'm giving you permission to speak into my life at this moment. If you don't ever have that moment, you'll never experience the life that Jesus came to give you. Number six, if you don't feed your soul, you'll settle for the lesser life. And I'm not talking about feeding this. I can take care of this with a pizza. But a pizza won't feed your soul. Jesus said in Matthew chapter four that man, women, don't live on bread alone, pizza alone. Now you gotta have that, otherwise these bodies won't function. All a pizza does is give me the caloric uh, intake I need to, to, to move. But Jesus said it's, it's by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what feeds your soul, which is why we look at the scriptures. It's why we hand out Bibles. It's why we encourage you to read the scriptures and study them and memorize them and meditate on them and, and all those kinds of things, men's ministries, women's ministries. We do all of that because it's important that you Feed your soul. And then number seven, if you don't apply God's word, you'll settle for the lesser life. In other words, just sitting here tonight listening to this is easy. Just listening to me preach the word isn't gonna change your life. When it's all said and done, you'll walk out of here, some of you, and you know what? You blew an hour and a half. And you'll go do whatever it is you want to do. You'll live however you want to live. It's when you hear the word and then you make the decision that I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to live it out. 
It's when you live out the word of God that you begin to experience this life that that Jesus came to give you. Now, when you live it out, you won't be invited to all the good parties. You'll have people upset with you. They'll call you all kinds of names. They'll they'll ridicule you. and They'll say all kinds of crummy things about you. Your your golfing buddies won't want you to be in their foursome anymore. But you'll experience life at a whole nother level when you choose to actually live out what God says. Then two weeks ago, I talked about our enemy, Satan, and his role in trying to mess up this life that Jesus came to give us. We looked at those great words from our brother Peter, where he said, stay alert. If you were to read that in the Greek, it's stay alert! (laughs) The Holy Spirit fills Peter's life, and God had some some thoughts for us. He says, stay alert. You got an enemy out there, the thief, and all he wants to do is goof up your life. He wants to goof up your marriage. He wants to goof up your kids. He wants to goof up their future. He wants to goof up your, your, your business, whatever it is. So stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. He says it's your enemy. It's not not the pastor's enemy. It's not the church's enemy. It's not the missionary's enemy, though they're my enemy. But he makes it very personal, doesn't he? He says it's your enemy. Your enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion just looking for someone to devour. He's just looking for a life that he can goof up. He's looking for somebody that he can somehow drag them down a rat hole and they live a less, the lesser life. That's what he does. That's what he does. Then last week I gave you five things from 1 Peter chapter 2 that God wanted you to know. These are five great truths, and I'm talking about truth with a capital T, okay? God wants you to know that he chose you to be a part of his family, He wants you to know that he gave you unlimited access to him. You can pray to him anytime you want. God wants you to know that he made you one of his servants. You're part of this royal priesthood. Remember that? Number four, he sees you as very valuable. You have to be valuable. Jesus came and died on a cross, right? I mean, you must be valuable. He wanted you to be in glory with him. He wanted you to be in heaven with him forever. But your sin made that impossible. But you're so valuable to him because you were made in his image that he came and he died on a a cross for you. And then number five, God wants you to know that he forgave you of all your sins. Beloved, here's the deal. When you truly understand how God sees you, how God sees you, not how your parents see you, not how your spouse sees you or your boyfriend sees you or your girlfriend sees you, when you understand how God sees you, you, you won't want to settle for the lesser life. You won't. You just won't. So with all this said, let's get into uh, today's message, okay? Today we're going to talk about how to reduce stress in your life because nothing will goof up the life that Jesus came to give you like, like stress. And here's the bummer. Stress is uh, every bit a part of uh, American culture as hot dogs and apple pie and Chevrolet, right? 
So you have to learn to deal with it in a healthy, biblical way. There are lots of ways to deal with stress. Some of you participated in some of those unhealthy ways, maybe today, maybe before you, you know, got here. But because stress is just kind of this universal thing we all have to deal with, we all better learn how to deal with it in a healthy biblical way. Otherwise, you're going to settle for the lesser life. And the good news is, is that the Bible has much to say as it relates to stress, a whole bunch of things uh, to, to say. In fact, the greatest words ever spoken on how to reduce stress were spoken by Jesus himself in the text that we're gonna look at, Matthew chapter 11. I think I told you 10, it's actually Matthew chapter 11. Jesus gives us three great principles that help you when life becomes stressful. Three steps that if you apply them to your life, I guarantee they'll, 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 they'll keep you connected to God which means you won't settle for the lesser life. Now, for some of you, I want you to know, this is gonna be the best message you hear all year. If you'll listen to what God's word has to say, and then you'll apply those thoughts, I want you to know something. It'll revolutionize your life. Change your marriage. Change your parenting change how you view your college education right now or whatever it is you do. You can be a high school kid. We all, everybody experiences stress. Guarantee it. You'll just listen. It's pretty simple stuff. You know, God didn't write this to trick anybody. He wants you to read it and get it. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a professor. You don't have to be a you know, graduate from some seminary to understand this. God created you when you were in your mother's womb. And he left this unbelievable love story for you and he wants you to get it. If you got a half a cell working up here, and, and I, most of you do, I'm sure, just a half a cell, one just firing, just one. It's a pretty simple thing. Now, the world tries to make it seem more complicated than it really is. But this is pretty simple stuff. So let's read these 61 words. Okay, that's all they are. 61 words from, from Jesus. Okay, in Matthew chapter 11, look at verse 28. Okay. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. That's what it says. Two verses, three verses. It's pretty self-explanatory what Jesus says there, but let me, let me extrapolate out a few thoughts here for you, okay? 
I believe that Jesus is primarily talking about eternal life here. He's saying that when you come to him, when you surrender your life over to him, he'll give you rest forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In a place where there's no sin, there's no tears and pain and sorrow and cancer and health, crummy things, just no death, no, none of that. He says, hey, you come to me. You give me your life. You surrender your life to me. And you'll experience rest at some point in the future like you've never experienced it ever before. Heaven is where we're going to experience rest in a whole different way than we do down here, or even can down here. But I also believe that those 67 words have meaning for us today who name the name of Christ Okay. As I said, primarily, he's talking about heaven. You come to him, give your life to him, you're, 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 you're going to rest. It's going to be unbelievable. But if you know Jesus as your Savior right now, uh, th there are some, some, some things in there for us now. There's truth in there for us now. So what's the first thing you need to do if you're stressed out? What's the first step? You're all gonna be preachers by the end of this thing. Here's step one, is come to Jesus. Man, where'd I get that? Where'd the preacher get that at? Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, Jesus said. Now most people come to Jesus for salvation or they come to Jesus for forgiveness, or, or they come to him for the cleansing of their sins. But Jesus also says, come to me and I will give you rest. And this is good news, because life is crazy at times, isn't it? For some of you, life is crazy right now. For some of you, you can't even concentrate on what I'm saying. You didn't want the music to end because at least your brain was just filled up with some noise. And now there's all of the stress, the craziness of life. Hard to focus. Now what kind of rest does Jesus offer? Beloved, it's rest for your souls. And this is a, a much deeper rest than simply physical rest. You see, your problem when you're stressed out isn't overworked muscles. Your, your problem is, a, is, is an overworked mind. It's overworked emotions. It's overworked anxiety. It's, it's overworked tension. And what you need is soul rest because physical rest just isn't enough. Jesus says, when you're stressed out, the first thing you do, the first thing you do is to come to him. That's what he says. Now, I realize if, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's why I'm talking to those of you who know Christ. The first thing you do 
is you get to him. One commentator said this, quote, this is really, really great. He said, people today are like, are like the restless sea, seeking peace, but finding instead turmoil, tension, fear, and frustration. The world is in a state of unrest because individuals are in a state of unrest. The world is full of heavy-laden people. They may have a smile on their face, but hidden behind the smile is a burden almost too heavy to bear. And in um, my career, I meet with people all the time, and they'll walk into my office, and they got all the right clothes on, and they smell right, and they got a smile on their face, and they got makeup on, but by the time they sit down in my chair, bam! It's just, just a restlessness in their souls. Man, physically fit. They've been, they've been eating clean. There's just this, like a, like a category five hurricane going on in their life. Let me ask you a question. Where's the first place you naturally go to find rest? Where do, you, where do you go for, for stress relief? Let's think about it. TV? Walk in, you know, grab the remote. <laughs> By the way, if that's where your spouse goes, I just gave you a pretty good, I just saved you about 150 bucks in a counseling <laughs> therapy session. You got an idea. And you're watching, you know, I Love Lucy reruns. Just anything, anything, anything. You get my mind off all the stuff that's going on. How about a jacuzzi, a health club, working out, food, sex, porn, alcohol. A lot of people, it's alcohol, man. Just, they don't come to Jesus. Just give me a six pack. And if I can get enough in me, if I can get just inebriated enough, it takes the edge off. Porn does the same thing. The thief, he's got a way to relieve your stress. Remember, he's about killing, stealing, and destroying. He's got his own plan. He's got stuff that he wants you to bite at. And it may give you some relief for a moment. There's no doubt about that. But it certainly doesn't last forever. For some, it could be some hobby like fishing, golf, anything. Just A lot of people, when they're stressed out and spiritually empty, empty on the inside, they, they go on a vacation, right? They go to Carmel or Tahoe or Hawaii or wherever, but, but there's a, a huge problem when you take a vacation. <laughs> Your stress goes with you. It just goes with you. It just follows you wherever you go. 
Beloved, some of, of you As you well know, just none of these things will give you rest for your soul. Some of you are wise people, well-educated people, and you've tried all those things, and you keep trying them, thinking that, man, I'm going to find rest, and you don't find it. You just don't find it. The great prophet Isaiah said this. He said, he, that's God, gives strength to those who are tired and more power to those who are weak. Even children become tired and need to rest, and young people trip and fall. But the people who trust the Lord, or let me put it in a New Testament context, the people who come to Jesus will become strong again. They will rise up as an eagle in the sky. They will run and not need rest. They will walk and not become tired. Beloved, God says, if you'll put your trust in me, if you'll make me the number one priority in your life, if you'll wait on me, if you'll come to me, God says unbelievable things will happen in your life, in your soul. God says, I'll give you the power and the strength that you didn't even know you had. You see, for those of us that know Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us. When you get all stressed out and goofed up, man, you forget that, that unbelievable truth that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God's Holy Spirit lives in you. You take him with you everywhere you go. Now, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you wait on God? How do you come to Jesus? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, but when you pray, not if you pray, the, the assumption is with Jesus that his followers are going to pray. That's the assumption. That if you're one of his followers, if you're a Christian, if you've submitted your life to him, if you're a follower of his, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. In other words, find us a Included place. Find a, a quiet place. Now I'm going to blow some of your minds right now. Some of you are going to go, Pastor, you're so, you're so out of touch. You don't, even, you don't even get it. What I'm going to say next, some of you, you know what, it wouldn't surprise me half you got up and walked out because you're going to go, that guy, he just doesn't get it. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Here's what he's saying right there. You find a secluded place, you find a, a quiet place, No smartphone. Amen. See, I knew the church is stupid. <laughs> I mean, really, does that guy really think I could go like more than five minutes without my phone? Yeah, you leave your phone in your car. And you just get alone with God. Just take his word. If you just read a little bit, just talk to him honestly. 
I mean, take, I don't know, take some good Christian sacred music, listen to it. Just be alone with him. Then, it's, it's then. You see, see, you pray, you go away by yourself, you shut the door behind you. In other words, you're alone, you're, you, nobody around you, there's no vibration in your pocket. <laughs> well, hold on, God, I know I'm talking to you, but there's somebody on my phone, and wow, I'm so important that there's no way I can, you know, not answer that thing because I'm important. And so God, hang on a minute. I know I was singing. I know I was reading your word, but I got to take this. Find out what time my softball game is. It's then, it's when you're alone. Shut your door, nobody, you and him. You're praying, talking, reading scripture. Your father who sees everything will reward you. That, that's what the scriptures say. You want to take your cell phone in there? You want to take your computer in there? You want to take all that stuff? Yeah, take it in there, I guess. Why waste your time? I guarantee you that if you get alone with God and you sing a song or two or, and you pray and you read your Bible, you'll begin to think less about your problems and all the stuff that's going on in your life and you'll begin to think more about God. You'll be more in tune with God and he'll begin to rejuvenate your life. He'll begin to give you rest for your soul and when your soul is rested, you won't settle for the lesser life. You just won't. Here's the deal. The first thing you need to do when you're emotionally or mentally or spiritually stressed, you're just spent, is you have to have a quiet time with God. You need to get plugged into him. You, 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 you come to Jesus is what you do. The reason why many of you are stressed out is simple. You're not spending enough time alone with God. That's it, that's just it. Beloved, the antidote to your stress isn't a plan, it's not a process, it's not a philosophy, it's not a pill. The antidote to your stress is a person. The person of Jesus Christ, it's coming to Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't say when you're stressed out, you know, come to church and you'll find rest for your soul. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, you know, come to the pastor and you'll find rest for your soul. As many of you can attest to, you know, you're done with the meeting with me and I'll stress you out even more. So, yeah, I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even know I went in and talked to him. I'm more stressed than I ever was. He didn't say come to one of our men's or women's Bible studies or CR and you'll find rest for your soul. He didn't say, come to a small group and you'll find rest for your soul. He didn't say, you know, get into the shape class and you'll find rest for your soul. He said, come to me. Now, all those other things are, are, are okay. And hopefully when you go to men's or women's or you come to church or you meet up with me, hopefully we're pointing you to him. 
You come to Jesus because this is where you, you get re-energized. This is where the pressures of life get reduced. This is where you find rest, you know, real rest, rest for your souls. Well, but there's no way you can come to Jesus or be close to Jesus and at the same time settle for the lesser life. You can't do it. It's impossible. Now, the second thing that Jesus said was this. This is a second step, okay? Take the yoke of Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, carry heavy burdens, you're stressed out, and I'll give you rest, he says. And then he says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Now, now beloved, this, this is the tough one. <laughs> because this is all about giving up control. See, one of the main reasons you get all stressed out is because you're trying to control too many things in your, your, your life. You live as if you're the general manager of the universe. You don't trust anybody else to do anything. You, you, you just have to control every little thing. And right now, some of your spouses are going, preach it, preach it. I'm glad I came here tonight. I don't even believe in God. But I, I'm okay with this point. Go, go, preacher, go. <laughs> now, I know some of you are thinking, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. Taking the yoke of Jesus doesn't sound like stress relief to me. And you got to remember uh, what, what a yoke was. A yoke was this thing that kind of went around a cow's head or a bull's head, and, and then there was another cow or a bull here, and the, the yoke, would, you, you're now two cows are hooked up together. Two bulls are hooked up together, whatever. That's what, the, that's what he's talking about there, the yoke. And so you could be thinking to yourself, well, you, you gotta be kidding me. Why in the world would I wanna be yoked up to, to, to Jesus? In fact, it sounds you know, like more of a burden than a, than a stress reliever. Why in the world would I, I want to take Jesus' yoke upon me? I mean, I'm, I'm already carrying too much as it is. <laughs> Love it. A, a yoke actually makes a load lighter. You see, when an animal is yoked together with another animal, it cuts the load in half because now both animals are sharing the load. So actually, a yoke helps lighten the load. That's why Jesus went on to say in verse 30, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. You see, Jesus doesn't add to your load because he doesn't have a load because he's God. God's not stressed. There's nothing where God goes, whoa, this is gonna be a tough day today. I got some big things down there I gotta deal with. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's sovereign. So there's no burden on him. So when you yoke up with him, guess what? He's only got one thing to do, and that's what? Take your burden. Because he didn't have one. Now let me give you two things that a yoke symbolizes, and both of them are huge Stress relievers. Number one, a, a yoke is a symbol of partnership. Life at times throws heavy things at us. We face lots of pressures, and basically what Jesus is saying is this, let me become your partner. 
Because when you allow me to be your partner, I can help carry some of your load. I, I can help share some of the burden of whatever's going on in your life. That's why you come to him. The first step is you gotta get to him. I'm here. Then you make sure you're yoked up with him. You make sure, hey, listen, I, I, I wanna be in partnerships with you. I don't wanna do this thing called life on my own. I don't wanna do this thing called you know, being a husband or a wife on, on my own. I don't wanna do this parenting thing on my own. Hey, I, I want a partner and I want you to be my partner. I'm hooked up, here I am, I'm, I want you. Think about it, does God ever get you know, tired? No, does God ever get sick? No, does God ever get discouraged? No. Friends, the fact that God wants to partner up with you is a, is a pretty good deal, don't you think? Psalms 55 says this, cast all your cares on the Lord and he'll sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. One version says it, puts it this way, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. Peter basically said the same thing. He said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So you can't, you can't give Jesus all the stuff of your life unless you do the first step. You gotta get to him. You come to him. You gotta get to him. Here I am, God, I'm alone. I, I've turned my cell phone off. And I, I'm just alone here with you. I got the word. I'm just gonna read a little bit. I'm gonna talk to you. I got some great sacred music I'm gonna play. Here I am. That's the first step. Look, here's the deal. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Christian, listen to me. So if you're feeling overloaded, if you're feeling stressed out, if you're feeling disconnected from God, it means only one thing. You're not yoked to Jesus because Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Anybody wanna stand up and go, oh, he's a liar. No. Jesus said that his yoke was easy. So if things are kind of haywire in your life or your family or whatever it is, that's a sign for you. That's a sign that, that hey, you know, man, maybe, maybe I've, I've disconnected from Jesus. Maybe I'm not spending enough time with Jesus, you see? Yeah. You don't need to go talk with somebody. You know it. If you're stressed out, bummed out, overwhelmed, that's a sign. Because Jesus isn't a liar. He said, when you are connected to me. It's an easy gig. Stress and pressure are always symptoms of not being yoked together with God. And the second thing, uh, that a yoke symbolizes is this, is that a yoke symbolizes submission. Oh man, oh, this, this, one's, this one's rough. The yoke is used to, to guide, it's used to control, it's used to direct. The, the yoke lightens the load, listen, but in return for a lighter load, gotta give up control. Which is why some of you go, I don't want to be yoked up to Jesus or anybody. 
Because once you get yourself yoked up, you're no longer in control. When you yoke up with Jesus, he sets the direction and the pace for your life. When you yoke up with Jesus, it's impossible for you to get out of step with him. When you yoke up with Jesus, it's impossible to go faster or slower than he's going. When you yoke up with Jesus, he keeps you from going off in the wrong direction and getting your life all messed up or your marriage all messed up. When you yoke up with Jesus, he keeps you from going at a pace that's just gonna mess you up. Listen, if you never have enough time to get it all done, it means that something on your to-do list isn't God's will because God doesn't give you less time than he gives you things to do. So you aren't connected and you've added a bunch of stuff to your to-do list that God didn't want you doing. It's that simple. Let me give you a nugget of truth. You're gonna be yoked to something in life. Listen to me. Some of you are, are yoked to your career. It's become your master. I mean, everything revolves around your job. You justify it by saying, well, I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for my kids, you know. And let me tell you something. Your kids, listen to me, your kids would rather have you Dad, and I'll pick on dads because I am one, would rather have you living in an outhouse, but at least they got you, than you working like crazy so you got the big house and the big cars and all the fancy stuff, but they don't have you. They'll take an outhouse as long as they got you. So don't deceive yourself into thinking you're doing your family some you know great thing by working all these long, long, long hours so you can afford all the stuff. Some of you are yoked to some narcotic. It's become your master. It sets the direction of your life. It sets the pace of your life. You know, you gotta get to the bottle. It may be early in the morning, but I gotta get there. It's under the car seat. I got to get alone. As soon as work's over with, I'm not going to go home and kiss my wife and play with my kids. I got to get to a clear liquid. You're yoked to it. Some of you are yoked to a hobby. It's become your master. It sets the agenda for your week. Some of you are yoked to working out. It's become your master. It sets the agenda for you. You you wouldn't dream of missing a a workout because you're totally sold out to it. In fact, this is the new religion of the day. Oh, you blow off church in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, who cares about that? I got got my abs I got to work on. Got my selfie I'm going to take tomorrow. I want to make sure I look good for it. Listen, here's the deal. Everybody's yoked to something. So my suggestion is that you choose the easiest yoke. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So just a guy, just a shepherd here in town, you happen to be here, let let me encourage you to go, go for the easy yoke. 
That's Jesus. Come to him. Make sure you're yoked up with him. And let me give you a, a weighty truth. M most people don't have one yoke around their neck. They've got a dozen, right? You've got financial yokes you've got to worry about. You've got health yokes, future yokes, relational yokes, all kinds of yokes which cause all kinds of stress. And the answer isn't to go on a vacation. The answer is to do what God says. The antidote is to give up control of your life to Jesus. And let me quickly say this to those of you that are parents. Some of you have yoked your children to things that they ought not be yoked to. Soccer? You're stressing your kids out, man. And you don't even know it. But I talk to them. You think you're doing them some sort of grand favor by taking them out to games every weekend and, and practice and softball and baseball and all this stuff. And you, as a parent, have yoked them to something that ought to be just fun and, you know, like a hobby, but it's become something way beyond that. So the first de-stressor is to come to Jesus, really commit to daily spending a quiet time with him. The second de-stressor is to take the yoke of Jesus. In other words, just give up control of your life to him. Now, the third thing that Jesus said was this. He said, learn. The third step is learn. Learn from Jesus. Learn to, to live the life of Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take, take my yoke, Jesus said, upon you. Let, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you want to reduce the pressure of life and thus re-energize your life, you've got to learn to live the way that Jesus lived. And this is going to take some of you some time it's nothing you ever master, this side of glory. Nothing. You, you can't master it. You didn't de develop your stressed out, overloaded, hyperdrive lifestyle in a day, and you're not going to get over it in a day. You're going to have to unlearn a bunch of habits that you've developed, and you're going to have to relearn how to live the way that Jesus lived, which gets us right back to here. The only way you know how Jesus lived is here. You won't learn the way of Jesus on the Discovery Channel. You won't learn the way of Jesus by listening to some radio station. This is where you learn to live the life of Jesus, right here. Now, there are two huge things we, we learn from Jesus, and that is gentleness and humility. Now, how in the world are these two things going to help you manage your stress? I mean, why didn't Jesus say, learn from me and I'll teach you courage, strength, confidence, and endurance? And that's what most of the seminars are today about, right? He didn't say, hey, learn from me and I'll teach you time management and goal setting. A lot of seminars on that, too. The reason Jesus didn't say these things is because if you want to lower your stress level and thus re-energize your life, you got to... Be gentle and humble because two of the biggest sources of stress in life are aggression and arrogance. 
And as a result, the two biggest de-stressors in life are gentleness and humility. Well, that, that'd be a good men's conference witness, wouldn't it? Come and learn how to be gentle <laughs> and humble. Three guys would show up. Isn't it weird how Jesus just blows our mind with stuff? And you just go, what? Let me tell you why aggression is a, is a stressor in your life. Because when you're aggressive, you don't wait very well. When you're, a, when you're a aggressive, you have a hard time stopping and pausing and spending time considering what the Lord's will might be for your life in this moment or what the Lord's will might be for your family in this particular moment or what the Lord's will is for your business or whatever it might be. Aggressive people tend to jump in with both feet without thinking much. And so they get oh, so overcommitted that they just, they just get all goofed up. How about arrogance? How does being arrogant add to the stress of your life? Because arrogance is, is really about control. Beloved, your ego is responsible for more stress than you'll ever know or admit to. Much of your stress comes from your pride. You tried to do it all, act it all, be it all, have it all, please everybody. And you can't. You just can't do it. Here's the deal. One of the things about the life of Jesus that was, is really interesting, and he says it on a number of occasions, it says this about Jesus. He only did what the Father wanted him to do, and he only said what the Father wanted him to say. M multiple times in the gospel you read that, that phraseology like that. That Jesus only did what the Father wanted him to do. That's it. He didn't do what the disciples wanted him to do. He did what the Father wanted him to do, and he only spoke what the Father wanted him to speak. And let me tell you something. Right there is a, 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 a clue, if you will, as to why Jesus lived this unbelievable life. You never... But look, you, you get to the point in your life where, you know what, I, I just want to do what the Father wants. I only want to just say what the Father wants. You, you, would, you would be humble and just say, God, I got all kinds of thoughts and ideas, and I'm a type A personality, you know, and I got a PhD, and I got, I, mean, what a, I built a business to, you know, $20 million business or whatever, you know, you're geniuses, I know. But God, I, I, I'm going to humble myself. And I just want to do what you want. That's it. I just want to say what you want me to say. In other words, Jesus yoked himself up with the Father. You see? This was the key to the life of Jesus. He, he lived a life of simple obedience. He didn't worry about trying to please everybody. He only had one person he had to please, just one. That was his Father. That was it. 
Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. These 61 words will give you everything you need or tell us everything we need to know about stress management. If you come and you take and you learn, Jesus said you'll find rest for your souls. Nothing tops this. Come to Jesus, take the yoke of Jesus, learn the life of Jesus. Come to Jesus, take the yoke of Jesus, learn the life of Jesus. Some of you ought to write that down and, and, and when you get in your car tomorrow and you, every stoplight you come to, stop sign you come to on your way to work to say, come to Jesus, take the yoke of Jesus, learn the life of Jesus. When, when, when you're at work, just put it right there. Come to Jesus, take the yoke of Jesus, learn the life of Jesus. You begin to just get those three thoughts in your mind and, and the chances are pretty good you'll begin to see your stress level come down. Your life will change. Psalm 62 says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He, he's my fortress. And because of all of that, I will never be shaken. What's weighing you down? Is there some problem weighing you down right now? Is there, is there some pressure, some conflict? Is there a, a deal that you gotta make and there's just pressure because if you don't make the deal, you know, you may not be able to make payroll this month in your business. You got, you got that pressure on you right now? Do you have a, a problem with your marriage? Maybe with your job? You're afraid you're gonna get fired, maybe? Maybe it's with your children. Maybe there's a health crisis going on in your life. Maybe one of your kids' lives. Maybe your, your grandma's life or your grandpa's life. Maybe you, maybe you just got stress over your finances. Maybe you got an aging parent. I don't know what it is. Maybe they found a lump where there's not supposed to be a lump this past week. I, I, I don't know, it's some health issue. See, there's lots of things out there. And the first thing that Jesus says is come to me. And a great way you could um, play that out physically here tonight is when we're done, I'm gonna pray here in just a second. And we got a place called the altar room and our elders and our pastors are in there just hanging out. And maybe... That would be a sign to God. God, I'm coming to you. And just go in and say, man, I'm stressed out, man. I, my job, I'm stressed out over my finances. It's not a big, long counseling point. It's just, I'm, here's what I'm stressed about. By virtue of walking in there, you're saying, I'm, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm starting this process. And let us pray for you. Why don't, why don't, why don't you all stand up? Let, let, me, let me close in prayer, okay? Lord, thanks, God, for uh, tonight. I, I really dug it. This was great, Lord. 
I'm thankful for all of those that serve in the music department, sing and practice and rehearse. Lord, blessings on them. They're great people. I like to come and sing sacred music. I'm thankful, God, for all of those young moms that were up here and dads that were up here, couples that were up here that are saying, hey, I'm a follower of Christ. Help me, church. I want to raise my my children to the glory of God. And that, that was just really special. I always like praying for those, those, those families. Thank you, Lord, for a chance to worship you and bring our gifts to you. And thank you for the word of God. Because without this book, we got nothing to sing about. We got nothing to, there's nothing, we got nothing to do. There's no point in meeting. But you left us the scriptures. You left us this magnificent book. And there's just some great thoughts in it like, Tonight, Jesus, the words you left us, 61 words. I hope these words will make a difference in people's lives. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen. Hey, Lord bless you, okay? Live for Christ.